Fearless. Chase. Bold. Following. Courageous. Search. I'm Aaron. And I'm Marshall. And this is Undaunted Pursuit. Well, heck, yeah, no, uh, yeah, you know, getting home, I wanted to, what I wanted to do is I wanted to put on, I wanted to get home and I wanted to put on shorts for the last little bit that uh, it's going to be warm because, you know, we got, it's going to be warm for, uh, it was warm today and it's warm tomorrow and then it turns cold next week and I say that, <clears throat> which technically for anybody listening, that's uh, this week. It's getting cold and we're, it's going to be cold and snowy and rainy and nasty, just nasty. I mean, we're looking at 28 degree lows next week. And, uh, so anyway, yep. Um, yeah. So, Hey guys, welcome back to Undone Pursuit podcast. We're, uh, just sitting down and discussing a few things. So, uh, glad you all join us. Glad to have y'all back. All right. What's new in your world, man? Oh, man, I tell you what, um, work has been crazy busy. I have been yeah, nonstop. There's not really a break in there, I don't feel like. It's just been one thing after another after another, which I'm not complaining because I'm glad that I have a job and I'm glad that uh, I have enough work to keep me busy. Um, but man, it's just yeah. boom, 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 one thing after another. But... There is light at the end of the tunnel because uh, next week, uh, Kelsey and I are heading on up to Missouri to spend some time with family. My younger brother, Matt, is is getting married, um, finally. <laughs> yeah, it's finally, finally time that not. So we're getting married up there. My, my sister's boyfriend has... Uh, about 50 acres or so up there. And so we're getting, they're getting married on his land and my wife and I are in the, and they're in the wedding. And, um, for the bachelor party, I think we're going to go zip lining off the shepherd of the Hills seeing tower, uh, site tower, whatever you want to call it. Oh, no way. They do that um, now. Yeah, they do that. There's also a zip line that goes over Tanny Como and towards, uh, down there by the landing. And, uh, no way. So my, how things have changed. (laughs) Oh, big time. So, so we're going to do that. And then we're going to go to saltgrass steakhouse, I believe, and down at the landing and have a nice steak dinner and, um, just try to have some fun. You know, there's, there's one, there's one thing that we need to go back and do, um, that the kids keep talking about. And it's, it's, uh, Going to that, they're, they've got this really cool. I don't even know if it still exists. It, it probably does because it's it's been really popular. And um, you remember that zoo that you could go? It's it's not necessarily a zoo, but it it like ah man, it was in it's in Branson. It's like oh I don't know. You remember where the old Walmart used to be? Just down from uh, what was that? The Grand Palace. <laughs> what, what used to be the Grand like, Palace? Yeah. And I'm sure the Walmart. Uh, you know, it's just it's just down the road from there. In there, that's uh-huh. the last I knew of where they uh, existed at was this like it was this animal exhibit, and uh, 
there's one thing that we need to go there and do because the last time we were there, uh, little Hunter, which is our youngest, those of you listening, Hunter is our youngest boy, not our youngest. Our youngest is, uh, Savannah, but, um, Hunter was too young to go into the lemur exhibit that was there. And they, they like the cool thing about this place, man, I can't remember what the, for the life of me, what the heck the name of that is. It's like, uh, wonders of wildlife or no, that's no, wait, 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 no, no, that's up in, uh, that's at Bass Pro up in Springfield. Uh, I don't know what the heck, whatever. It's the only zoo like exhibit or whatever last I knew that's in Branson. But anyway, you can mm-hmm. go into and let these lemurs crawl all over you. It's, it's really pretty dang cool. And Hunter's favorite animal is a lemur. Dude looks like a lemur when he does his little crazy eyes thing. So, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> next time, next time we're over in that area, we need to visit that. But. Well, while we're up there, um, I might, I might look around for that because I want to let a lemur crawl on me. I think that'd be like kind of fun. Actually. I think I'd enjoy that myself. Well, it's a sweet, it's a sweet place, man. They've got, uh, that you uh you can do they they've got the, the like a fish tank that you can put your hands in and let the doctor fish like nibble at your hands and whatnot and it's that's a cool feeling mm-hmm. and you can feed sharks you can feed the the manta rays or stingrays or whatever they are mm-hmm. um you can I think you can feed the alligators that are in there it's just it it's a really hmm. cool place so check it out see if it's still there that's Marshall cool. I'd be interested yeah yeah we'll check it out. They used to be guys? actually how's, how's in Branson West. Good. We'll let that all catch up there for a second. <laughs> but no. Okay. So uh, the week, week's been pretty good. Uh, same old, same old. Just busy as as I'll get out for busy doing what? I have no idea because, I, you know, it's nothing else out of the norm. It You go to work, you come home, you... Uh, eat dinner and then it's bedtime. But like I told you early, uh, what was it yesterday? It's like Wednesday was here before I knew it. It's like one minute I'm putting out this week's or last week's episode. And then the next minute it's Wednesday. And it's like, where did that, where did the time go? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't done anything. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been crazy for sure. You know what? You know, I, I got to bring something up. I don't know what it is, but for the probably the past month, my personal cell phone has been blowing up every day, call after call after call after call with all these scam calls. And for the longest time, for the most part, mm-hmm. they were in Texas, the majority of them. But today, I'm getting yeah. from like Austria, Japan. Like a lot of foreign numbers are starting to call Ooh. me now, and 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 th- there was a couple numbers that called me and I answered and I and I would I'd mess with them a little bit because most of them are from India, from northern Ang- India, from Bangladesh and stuff like that, and uh, mm-hmm. and there's this uh, this YouTuber that I that I follow. He's called Pierogi, and he actually has a group of people and they they uh they catch all these these scammers and they they help save innocent people from losing hundreds and thousands of dollars. They've already saved tons of people from that, from those, from those scammers. That's a pretty cool, pretty cool, uh, channel, uh, to watch. It's cool to see him stop these guys, but interesting. Uh, so anyway, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's nuts, dude, but yeah, the calls have been going off the hook. It's kind of annoying now. I, I wonder why a guy that, um, helps people stop getting, 
spam calls is named after a really good, um, what do you call it? Potato noodle thing. They are really good. But why would you go? Why would you go with? I love pierogies. Uh, but I would have, I would have thought that he hosted like a, a YouTube cooking channel or something of the sort. But uh, no. So don't don't be deceived. Pierogi is not. He's not cooking up pierogi dishes. No, no. Maybe maybe that's his favorite dish. I don't know, but uh, that's that's the name he goes by. But. Uh, uh, it's hmm. an interesting show to watch. You know, I feel I feel your pain though because I um, get a lot of spam calls too, mostly because I have I still have a Missouri number. They're all from Missouri, but sometimes I, I get to wondering. It's I get these phone calls. They've got a six six zero number, and uh-huh. uh, but I've never heard of the town that they're from. It's like where in Missouri is that from? You know, I just I mean, let them go. And uh, whatever, but I mean, one of these one of these calls says it's from Velm Godsendorf, Lower Austria. Here, look at that. Look, see all those red? Those are all scam calls just today. <laughs> and usually, it's a whole stinking list of just all the all the red numbers on my phone are all scam calls, and you can just scroll through here and just see the constant scam calls. I mean, it's just, it's insane. I'm like, do you guys yep. ever give up? I'm like, come on. You're not going to scam me. You're wasting your time. Oh, uh, I had to, I had to laugh the other night. Um, I got what I thought was a spam call. And um, most, <laughs> if they're spam, they don't leave a voicemail. Well, this one did. And so I listened hmm. to it. I was like, all right, I'm curious. Um, and uh, it was some kid prank calling whatever whoever they thought may have had my number at one point in time but uh <laughs> he he was prank calling he's like hey uh i've got your order of 100 pizzas ready where should i uh send them i was like oh that's funny okay i was like good for you <laughs> you know did you, you can obviously you... tell by the by his voice that he was a young kid did you call him back no i should have you should have that, I, that see, Kelsey, when I do it, my wife, she gets like when I answer the phone call of those of the scammers and I ask them questions, where they're from, what are they doing? I just really mess with them, and uh, I've I've been cussed out by them. I've been I've carried on decent conversations with some of them. Some are actually pretty nice, um, and some of them are really mean. But um, <laughs> when I, when I do that, Kelsey, it, it drives her. It makes her cringe. She's like. Ugh, like don't do that. It's so awkward. <laughs> you know? but I get a kick out of it. I love it. I love this mess. But sometimes I'll preach the gospel to him. It just all depends on my mood, honestly. Well, that's what I was going to bring up was that uh, not have, I haven't done it on a phone call before, but I've done it on, you know, as you can imagine that with our, our Facebook messenger, especially early on, I was getting, I would get those, uh, oh, I don't know, the, probably some dude in a basement, whatever, posing as a woman, you know, of course, right. you know, it's like, do you want to chat for a good time or something like something like that? But yet <laughs> right. it wasn't as provocative as that. It was right. like, uh, it was, it was more of like a, Hey, how are you doing? Yeah. And so, yeah, okay. I'll respond. You know, this is under our undaunted pursuit Facebook page. So 
of course I'm going to respond to him. It's like, Oh, I'm doing good. And then as it gets, it's like, Oh, Hey, I would love to meet up with you. It's like, no, you know, not happening, but have you heard of, have you heard the good news about Jesus Christ? And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then sometimes I'm not as straightforward as that, but then, but it's like, Oh no, but I, I you know, I know a guy that, uh, that already loves you something around those lines, you know, and then I'll, I'll start right. kind of preaching the gospel to him. And it, you know, unfortunately, that shuts them down pretty quickly, especially those uh, oh, yeah. those scammers. Yeah, they don't want to hear it, you know. But um, I I, I kind of got sideways on a phone call once upon them. This was a couple years ago, probably probably two or three years ago. Um, this guy just from a foreign country, probably India, is what he sounded like, and he just goes off and just. Just using foul language, talking bad about America and Americans, all this stuff. And it kind of, that phone call made me mad. Like he oh, actually got, got under my skin. I just kind of, um, yeah, I kind of lost it <laughs> on that one. Cause I was just like, man. And, and, but then, but then I felt really bad afterwards. Cause I was like, well, I definitely was not, um, being a reflection of, of Jesus by any means. And, uh, I felt really bad. So, and that's something before we get into this, that's something that I want to bring up is being um, not only being the reflection of Christ, but actually being a Christian. Um, This week I um, was having a rough day and um, Mm -hmm. I was not being the nicest of people to, to, to somebody. And this individual more or less said like, you're not being very Christ-like and, uh, you Ooh, know, and, called and you out. mentioned, yeah, yeah. Mentioned, mentioned some stuff to me and, and it, it made me mad at first, you know, I got really angry, really upset about it. And then later on, um, that night and, and really it was the next morning, um, on my, on my drive to work. Um, uh, and I, I got to thinking about it and I just, I got to praying to God and I said, you know what? that person's not wrong. I was like, I was not being Christ-like. I was not being, I wasn't acting like a Christian. I was, I was being fake. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I was being a very fake Christian, you know, you know, Christian on the outside, but not Christian on the inside of where it really matters in our hearts. Right. And mm-hmm. I got to thinking about, you know, Hey, you know, we do a podcast and, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, going to church and being involved in the church and all these things. And I get that even as Christians, we're still going to fall short of the glory of God. We're still going to sin. We're still going to mess up. And that's, that's to be expected. Now it's not an excuse to, or a free pass to sin and say, Oh, well, God's going to forgive me. I can just keep doing what I'm doing. That's not what that means. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but it, it just got me to thinking, I was like, you know, that person's right. I'm not being, Christ-like. I'm not acting the way God has called us to act as men, as a man, and just as Christians right. in general. And so it just really, yeah. I got caught up on the way to work. I was praying. I was crying while I was praying and stuff. And just, it's kind of an emotional time. And and uh, I was just, you know, I was asking God for forgiveness. And I was um, just, just, you know, just praying about some stuff. And it was really good. It ended really well. Um, you know, just kind of a, a valuable lesson. Uh, I've never been called out by anybody before like that. And um, it, I think it probably needed to happen. (laughs) 
So uh, anyway, well, <clears throat> I, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you know, it's that's biblical even is, you know, Scripture tells us that, you know, if we are believers, you know, believers are supposed to call out other, you know, other believers. And uh, we would do, we would all do well to recognize to remember uh, Matthew chapter seven, uh, verse 17 through uh, 20. And it that is talking about false prophets, but we don't. We as Christians or as believers don't want to be false prophets. We want to practice what we preach. We want to uh, produce that good fruit. You know, a bad tree mm-hmm. cannot produce good fruit, nor can a, a good tree produce bad fruit. So you will know, verse 20 in Matthew 7, chapter 7 says, Therefore, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Yeah. And then it says, as false prophets, you know, so within that context is, you know, it's ta- he's, he's talking about false prophets in, um, specifically, but that holds true for all of us, all of us uh, profess- professing, all of us uh, that profess Jesus Christ as Savior should be producing good fruit. So, yeah, that's, yeah, we all need called out every now and then. That'll well, be the title of do. today's... Of today's podcast, Absolutely. no, yeah, we 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 definitely do need to be called out from time to time, and and it's just a reminder for me, and something I want to remind our listeners is, you know, as Christians, uh, check yourself, you know, check yourself daily, and check yourself with the Word of God, and and think about your actions, think about how you're talking, think about how you're acting, think about how you're treating people around you, whether it's family, friends, coworkers, whatever it may be, think about these things because, you know, a- ask yourself throughout the day, like, am I acting? the way Christ has called me to act. Um, it's just, mm. it's just super important to really, to really be mindful of those kind of things. Cause it's very easy as Christians, I think to become kind of pompous, to become very prideful, to become yeah. very, I'm better than you. Um, or I, I know more mm. about the word than you do. I'm a better Christian than you are. Um, I'm a better person because I'm a Christian. And uh, if that's your mindset, uh, you really, really, really need to check yourself and, Dig into the word and say, okay, maybe maybe I'm not all I'm cut out to be. <laughs> not to say you're a bad person, no, but humble yourself and go see what the word has to say about those things because Jesus talks about it all throughout Scripture about pride and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it was a good thing. It was a good thing. Yeah. Well, and it's funny that you bring it up because tonight we are getting into just that, and Jesus is going to, um, in a way. He's going to put the put the disciples in their place in a very loving and uh, calm way, because that's exactly what they were doing. As you know, where we left off last week in in Luke chapter twenty two is, you know, they they get into an argument of who's the greatest. Well, that's that's awfully selfish. Yeah, that's awfully prideful. That's and Jesus is going to put a stop to that. Yeah. And so, but yeah, no, good word, Marshall. Heck yeah. So we'll get in, we'll get into this. And like I said, you, that was a great segue into, uh, what we're going to be talking about tonight. And, uh, we ended last week on, um, the, the last supper and, uh, why we take communion, why we recognize communion and, uh, recognize Jesus's sacrifice on the cross and what what that all means. And I know we kind of went over that very quickly, 
And um, I do encourage all of you to listening to um, research it, read through it, read through it several times. But uh, but now, you know, we're we're going into a section here in the rest of 22 here about the, the disciples started disputing amongst each other of who was the greatest. Yeah. And so, yeah. So that's where we're going to kick off and uh, we'll see how Jesus yet again teaches them the right way. All right. That's right. And so he says to, uh, they're, they're arguing and he Jesus says to him, the Kings of the Gentiles, have absolute power and lorded over them, and those in authority, uh, those in authority over them, are called benefactors. Now, the definition of a benefactor is, um, oh, hold on, I had it pulled up, and I'm sure you can, but I wanted to give a, a definition, and it's a person who gives money or help to a person or cause. Mm-hmm. And so, what what Jesus is saying here is that the He's uh, when he says the kings of the Gentiles, he's he's basically talking about the world, and um, and and their selfishness, really, and how they, you know, how it's all about me, and it's all about, and they they lord that over, they lord that over everybody. They are the most important people. They um, be your own, uh, be your own master, pretty much. What's what are some of the uh, words that, you know, sayings that are around today, just think about it as, um, be all that you can be, you know, as a slogan or be, um, you do you and, um, just do it. <laughs> yeah. What is that dude? That is a, what sounds like a dirt bike or a motorcycle of some sort flying by. Welcome, welcome to the country. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, well, I guess moving on here, he says uh, in verse 26 here, he says, but it is not to be this way with you. On the contrary, the one who is the greatest among you must become like the youngest and least privileged and the one who is the leader like the servant. Hmm. So, Mm -hmm. You can, you know, this uh, this mindset of the be- becoming the youngest, um, that, and it like just like back in their day, those those that were younger were always on like they were always on the lower rung of society. They were always um, looked at as the the lesser person, and even mm-hmm. that stretched all the way up until um, very recently. Actually, you know, it's like, just think about, just think about, uh, grandparents, our, our grandparents time and, uh, how kids were looked at. Kids were still looked at as the lower, the lesser, um, privileged or, or, you know what I mean? They, they weren't looked at as, uh, mm, I, I don't know how to actually to put it, but you, I mean, we can all relate to that, you know, that kids, kids were more so looked down on, not looked up to, so yeah. to speak. And, and, and really, even even when we were kids, it was probably that way. Our parents didn't necessarily look up to us and look down on us because we're kids, right? We, you, you don't hold that authority. Um, but this day and age, you know, things were kind of turned around a little bit. And yeah. Yeah. Well, and so what Jesus is trying to tell them here is that you lower yourself. That's exactly what he's going to get into is like that why he came. He came to serve. 
and we should follow his example and serve others. That's part of loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Because he goes on in, in verse 27 there, for who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. So he, he of course, as, as he should, points everything back to himself. He's, he's using, mm-hmm. he's like, follow my example. Yeah. You know, uh, true greatness is serving more than being served and that goes against that goes against what the, what the world is going to tell you how many right. um historically it, you know everybody wants to be served it's those those that have the most power are the ones being served but in right. reality when it comes to the kingdom of god it's those who serve who reap mm-hmm. the greatest benefits <clears throat> and it may not be um it, it's not that you're going to reap the greatest benefits spiritually. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to, it's going to, there's something that when you serve somebody, you just think about it. How do you like receiving gifts at Christmas time? Or do you like giving gifts? Do you like seeing those, those reactions more? So it's more gratifying to, to give than to receive. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, and I think, you know, a lot of that comes with age too. And, you know, thinking about all this serving gets me thinking about when Jesus, who is the greatest and highest of all, when when he kneeled down and he washed the feet of, uh, was it Mary? I can't remember who it was exactly when when, when he washed he washed feet. He washed all the, all the disciples' feet. He, he did, was the one but there was their feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he did do. There's another part I remember where he washed somebody else's feet specifically, and but um, but you know that just I mean the the greatest king who ever lived, uh, the the king above all kings. You know that humbles himself, turns around and shows and demonstrates <clears throat> that true service, that love and that and that that humbleness. Yeah. Well, and, and don't go th- don't go around thinking by no means are we saying that the more the more you serve, the uh greater your reward in heaven is going to be or the the more easy your life is going to be because that's not the case. It's that um you know because we are not saved by works. You know, but we no. should that we because we have Jesus in our heart, we should want to serve. That should be what we want to do. And because here's what comes out of that. You know, we we wouldn't be concerned about our credit. You know, what what kind of, you know, we don't serve to um, be recognized in any way. We serve because we want to. And then you're left you're left with uh you don't have to worry but when you're when you're more focused on serving you don't have to walk around uh life w- with the uh, expectation of being disappointed or getting your feelings hurt right because you're always you're always focused on somebody other than yourself yeah absolutely <clears throat> but he is going to remind the disciples that um because they've stood with him through all of this, they will have there. There are special places for them. There are there. There is a. Um, we've we've. I don't know if we've talked about it on here, but we've talked about it in our small group and stuff. There there does seem to be some sort of 
um, reward. I don't want to say the wrong thing, you know, just because the way it reads. But <clears throat> these disciples, they are going to have a special place because he's yeah. going to say it right here in verse 27, uh, or not verse 27, verse 28, sorry. Um, you are those... Uh, you are those who have remained and have stood by me in my trials. And just as my Father has granted me a kingdom, I grant you the privilege that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. We can kind of go back. I'm not ready, and I didn't do enough research into this to uh, really go into what he's referencing there, but um, it, it, it does come back up in Revelation somewhere. Uh, okay. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, revelation 21, 14. Let me see that. It says, uh, this is out of the, it says now the wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the lamb. It's interesting. Go and read it. I suppose. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> read before and after it. That was just a quick little, uh, look up that I, that I did here. And then verse 30 goes on to say that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you'll sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes. Um, okay, so yeah. Here's but we all know mm -hmm. eternal life Eternal life is uh, is reward enough. Eternal, eternal life in God's presence mm -hmm. is, is reward enough. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. You know, in, in the Bible, it talks about um, the five heavenly crowns that believers can receive in heaven. Um, mm. I can touch on that real quick if you want me to, um, or we can hold it for another day. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, we could go we we could go down uh, a heck of a rabbit trail digging into this, but uh, <laughs> touch on it real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 briefly, it says I, this is something I just looked up real quick. It says there are five heavenly crowns mentioned in the New Testament that will be awarded to believers. They are the imperishable crown, the crown of rejoicing, the crown of righteousness, and the crown of glory, and the crown of life. The Greek word translated crown is Stephanos, the source for the name Stephen the martyr. It means a badge of royalty, a prize in the public games, or a symbol of honor of honor generally uh, used during the ancient Greek games. If referred to a wreath or a garland, leaves placed of a victor's head on a victor's head as a reward for winning an athletic. No, 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 no. A such word is used. Let's see. Well, it, it, so it. Those are just the five crowns. You can go read about it a lot in First um, Corinthians nine twenty four through twenty five. Uh, Matthew 6, 19, 1 Peter 1, 4, 1 Thessalonians 2, 19, Philippians 4, 4, Luke 15, 17. There's a lot of different verses throughout this. If I were to read this whole deal, it would take a few minutes, but it, it touches on each crown, the crown of righteousness, rejoicing, the imperishable crown, glory, all that. Good. It touches on every single one of them, and it explains each one. Um, so anyway, I just looked that up on an app. And uh, it's a pretty cool app, actually. It's called <laughs> Got Questions. If anybody is curious, uh, it's a cool app. It helps explain a lot of things. All right. But go look that up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay. So when I first read this, I was reading it out of the... Um, I was I was studying out of the CSB. And now, now that I... For this podcast, I use the Amplified uh, version. 
and it does it does reference this next verse um what i was thinking it exactly sounded like so uh verse 31 goes uh, jesus goes simon simon peter which is peter uh listen Satan has demanded permission to sift you all, all of you like grain or like wheat. And uh, he, the, the interesting thing is this, this uh, section here reminded me a lot of Job. And then now looking at it in the Amplified, um, the study Bible here, it, it gives reference to Job too, because that what Satan did the same thing uh, to Job. He, he goes to God and asking him to, to test and take his protection off to, off of him, you know, and what Jesus is pointing out here is the fact that not only is there is there a physical battle, but there's also a spiritual battle that that none of these guys are uh, aware of, Peter especially. Mm-hmm. But here's a cool thing. As we get into verse 32, you see Jesus saying, but I have prayed for you that your faith yep. may not fail, and once you have turned back again, uh, to me, strengthen and support your brothers in faith. Mm-hmm. He's he, he knows Jesus knows everything. He knows that Peter oh, yeah. is going to falter in his faith. Peter doesn't necessarily recognize it, nor does he understand this right now. But Jesus, we're we're seeing the forgiveness that Jesus already has for him, and mm-hmm. because we as Christians are all going to fall a uh, falter, but it's how we. It's how we get back up again. It's it's coming back to Jesus rather than completely falling away, and uh, because the the enemy does want to sift us. Like you know, the closer you get, the more the 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 more you're going to uh, the more you're going to get attacked. I suppose. Yeah, and of course, this is a great. Um, you you can see this just like you see in the in the story of Job that um, the evil one does not have. He has to go to God to ask permission. He's Satan is wanting to um, do. He, he's he's demanding permission to uh, attack Peter, but the Lord's not going to allow that. Yeah, but in in he's he's having to ask God, and that's. And uh, and and that's what Jesus does for all of us is He prays for us. It's it's His prayers that ultimately, because we're going to see that as we get uh, further into uh, into twenty two here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I may be. I may just. I may just be rambling. But uh, but anyway, it's just like you know, we're going to. The idea here is we're going to falter. We are going to slip. We all do. We live in a sinful, broken world. But when we've turned back again, we we learn. Our, those these trials that we face, these hardships that we face, strengthen us, strengthen our faith, our faith. And um, it's up to us. It's a testimony. If we look at it in, in nowadays, it's like everything that we've done throughout our lives. Just like you were saying, yeah, I think it, what was it? Uh, one of the podcasts that we've done is that, you know, do we regret anything that we've done in our lives? No, not necessarily because it's made us who we are. And uh-huh. um, every time it's like every time that my family and I have moved, it, it strengthened our face because we've uh, our face. Ugh. It has strengthened <laughs> our faith because and <laughs> and uh, um, 
And we can use that as our testimony to help others. It all goes back to serving others. And how do you help others going through certain and the same situations, similar situations? Yeah, you know, because since, you know, Aaron and his family has been through all that stuff, they all have really strong faces now. And it's it's amazing how strong their faces are. It's it's crazy. <laughs> faces? <laughs> yeah, because <it>, that's... that's <laughs> Uh, I, I had to, I had to just take it around for a second, but no, Aaron's Aaron's hundred percent correct. Uh, you know, going through those hardships and trials in our life, it really does strengthen us and make us who we are. And I think that's why God allows us to go through um, a lot of hard times. People always say, why is God doing this to me? Well, it's not necessarily God's doing anything evil to you because God doesn't do evil things to anybody. Um, he takes evil and turns it into right. good, which is why you may go through a hardship that God allows you to go through, but he's going to take that hardship and turn it into a good thing. And whether it's, you're going to learn something from it, you're going to grow from it. Um, whatever it may be or all the above. Right. So, um, yeah. And, and, you know, and what we're going to get into here in a minute, which once we get to 35, I want to read a little bit of that because there's some stuff there that kind of stands out to me and that I really like, but I'm gonna let Aaron take it until that point. Okay, so uh, 33 and 34 basically go, P- Peter, as we stated before, he is uh, unaware of this spiritual battle happening behind the scenes, and mm-hmm. um, Jesus is fully aware of it, and, and Peter speaks up and he says, um, be- you know, because in his mind he is, he is right, because this is why you can't rely solely on your feelings, is because in the moment he's feeling brave, he's feeling... Mm-hmm. Um, He's feeling strong and he's not ashamed. And and he says, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And Jesus said, mm-hmm. I say to you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will utterly deny three times that you know me. So it, you can't rely on your feelings. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I speak to myself in that, too, because how many times, I, you know, we we do rely on feelings and we rely on how God does sometimes um, speak to us through our feelings. But it's, you know, you can't, you, you can, uh, you, you can fall. If you rely solely on your feelings, you, you will fall. They, they're ever changing. Our emotions can be very deceiving. Yeah. And so, you know, he's not, and that's why, that's why it says, you know, he's not, he's not necessarily saying a lie. He just doesn't know, um, he, he's not seeing the big picture like Jesus is in this instance. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so 35. 35, going to 35. So I'm going to read through uh, 35 through 37. And then I'm going to read okay. my snippet down at the bottom. But I, I, I really like this. So 35, it says, Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? And they answered, Nothing. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus says to them, but now if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. So I'm going to go down here at the bottom and I'm going to read this. It says, here Jesus reversed his earlier advice regarding how to travel. In 9.3, the disciples Mm -hmm. were to bring bags, money, and swords. They would be facing hatred and persecution 
and would need to be prepared. When Jesus said that is enough, he may have meant it was not time to think of using swords. In either case, mention of a sword vividly communicated the trials they would soon face. So mm. when I read this, I, I took it as, you know, being prepared for, like he says, for the, for the trials that we're going to experience in life. And here he's talking about at face value, you know, physically being prepared. But I think it can go a little bit deeper than that and not just being physically prepared for maybe physical battle or whatever may happen, but um, spiritual battles as well. And, you know, if you go back in the, in the word, and I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly where it's at, but having on the full armor of God, you know, and being yeah. prepared spiritually, being in the word, living out the word, being well-versed in, the, in, in God's word so that, you know, when that times when, when you're imprisoned one day for being a Christian, you know, or uh, whatever it may be, um, you you have God's word living in your heart because in that time you may not have a Bible with you to pick up and read, but if you have God's heart living in your heart because you were prepared spiritually, it's going to help you go a long way. Mm-hmm. So it's just very important. That's kind of what I took out of that. It wasn't to me just a physical preparedness, but also a spiritual preparedness. Yes. And you, you were right to assume that because hey, here's the thing. Jesus is fixing to go. He, he didn't need, um, these guys were, the first time he sent them out, they didn't need anything. Jesus was in the world. He, uh, they were met with hospitality. They were met with, um, you know, kind, you know, with joy. But a world, if you think about it, a world without Jesus is hostile. So both mm-hmm. physically and spiritually, which is where you came in with that. And he says two sword. Um, uh, let's see here. Take it. Let's see. Um, okay, so maybe it was just the sword, you know. But you think about go up and look at look at both of these. Um, look at the armor of God and this verse side by side, and you'll see mm-hmm. exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's. Because he's getting ready to leave, and that's where he he ends up. He ends. Up, uh, did you go all the way through thirty seven? Yeah. Okay. All right. So again, he told them that he was getting ready to that his his time was coming. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, verse thirty nine. So as usual, and this is he didn't change up because. He already knows he knows Judas is going to betray him, but he's not changing his plans. He's not going to do anything out of the norm. He's going to go to the Mount of Olives um, as he normally did and um, in in the and which is the Garden of Gethsemane or yeah uh-huh. Gethsemane. And then he says he, he says to the disciples, he says, pray continually that you may not fall into temptation. He's He knows what's coming, and he's trying to get the disciples to um, to pray, to pray for him, to pray for um, what's going to happen, to pray for um, they're going to need a lot of strength in this time that's, that's getting ready mm-hmm. to uh, come about. And, uh, and this is... In verse 41, he, he withdrew from them about a stone's throw away and knelt down and prayed. Stone's throw away. So he's not far from the disciples, right? Mm-hmm. 
And uh, verse 42 goes on to say, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup of divine wrath from me, yet not my will, but always yours be done. So he's not asking, he's not afraid to die. He knows, he knows ultimately, he's afraid, he's not afraid, I'm sorry, wrong wording. He just doesn't, he is troubled at the fact that um, God the Father is going to turn his face, because God, God cannot look upon him at the time of his judgment, that God's full judgment is coming down on him. And so that is what anguishes him. I mean, that's a big burden. You think about it. <laughs> Yeah. That's the that's the, the the weight of the world. You know, you always hear that, oh, I feel like I'm holding the weight of the world on my shoulders. Well, Jesus literally did that. Like the weight of the world was a sin of the world. He held that, like he he endured that. You know, what I mean, so rightfully so, to be filmed that way. Yeah. Hey, hold on just a second. All right, and we're back. Sorry, family is getting back home after what seemed to be an all-day birthday party, I guess. (laughs) All right, so where were we? Oh, okay, so, you know, uh, we know from other accounts, Marshall, that the disciples had fallen asleep. They were supposed to be there praying. Mm Mm-hmm. Praying for yep. strength, you know. There's, they're, they're getting ready to step into it. Not only is yeah. Jesus going to face what He's going to face, what He came to do, yep. but they are also going to face their own trials and their own uh, troubles. And they needed strength. They needed uh, mm-hmm. s- spiritual strength in this. And they had fallen asleep. If you, I think it's in in Matthew, they had fallen asleep several times. So mm-hmm. what has to happen? And or this, it, it's speculated that. Um, because of that, that an angel appears. And we see this countless times that um, because of this heavy burden that Jesus has got to take on for the sins of the world, um, we see angels show up and minister to him on several occasions. We see um, we see that in uh, when, when he fasted in the wilderness and he was being tempted. Um and uh, I'm sure there was a couple. No, I mean maybe maybe that was uh, just that one time, possibly. But now this time, it's the same thing. Uh, verse 43: An angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. So not did he didn't ask for it to go away. He wasn't afraid of it. But what did what did God do? And what 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 does he? We see this in our own trials and stuff. What does he do? He doesn't necessarily, he he allows us to go through the storm. He allows us to go through our trials and troubles, and he gives us strength through them. He he picks us up and he carries us through them. So that's exactly what happened here, is Jesus was given strength to endure Mm -hmm. what he was getting ready to endure. Yeah. Okay. This next verse here. Uh it's interesting because there is an actual, I'm going to read it and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Being in agony, uh, he prayed more intently and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down on the ground. Um, let me, let me pull this up real quick. The actual condition, and it is, it it, it occurs, um, Mm -hmm. from, uh, it, it can occur in an individual who's suffering from an extreme level of stress. 
and it's called uh, hematohydrosis, and it's a it's a rare condition in which an individual sweats blood, actual blood, and it comes from an extreme level of stress. I I don't know wow. exactly. I mean, I can see it. You know, we got to remember that Jesus was also human, and so this mm-hmm. had to be an extremely stressful on, on, on I mean, a could human, you, human side. Could you imagine being in that amount of stress and agony? It just, and it, I can't say that that time, maybe he was, he wasn't in a physical pain, but just, obviously he knew it was coming, but still it's just like, just think if, if, if you know what is about to happen and you're fully God, but you're fully human. So you're experiencing all of these emotions, right? All the emotions of knowing what's about to yeah. happen to you, and all the emotions of going through the fear and the the anguish and the pain and just and just I don't know, you know. And <laughs> there had to have been like I don't know. To me, I think if I was going through something like that, I would be just like shaking, not out of fear, but out of just like almost like weakness. I don't know. I it just is crazy to think about that. You know, and then, well, some commentary that I wrote, uh, I read on this because I was looking it up because to see what it, some of the commentary said on it. And it, it, I, I do see this. His sweat became like drops of blood. And some of the commentary suggested that um, he was just sweating. He was sweating so profusely. Either way you look at it, he was, mm-hmm. stress levels were high. Okay, whether oh, he was yeah. actually going through uh, hemo, what was it, hematohydrosis, uh, or whether he was just sweating so profusely because of the stress level, e- either way, it, it shows his it shows his mindset during this whole thing that it was it was yeah. you know he's about to take on something that we none of us could ever could ever do. Yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, to end out that little section there, he, he rose up from prayer and he came to the disciples. He found them sleeping from sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not fall into temptation. And so yeah. he does. It, Luke does kind of cover that towards the end. But I, I believe there was a couple of times where he went and prayed. He came back. He saw them sleeping. Uh, he either woke them up or something. Maybe I'm remembering wrong or something. I, I don't know. So I, I'd like to read this next verse. Go ahead. Or next couple of verses. So uh, verse 47, 48 says, now this is going into the betrayal and arrest of Jesus. So it says, while mm. he was still speaking, a crowd came up and the man who was called Judas, one of the 12 disciples was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the son of man with a kiss? I was reading that a few days ago or whenever it was. (laughs) And I was talking to my wife about it and I was just like, just think about that. You know, I mean, the reason why Judas kissed him like that specifically, it was a plan to let the people who were with him know that that was Jesus. And that was the one that they were to arrest. That's the why, that's the reason why he, he 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 kissed him. It was it was a sign. It's like a military sign, right? So, but just I could just picture in my mind Jesus 
saying to Judas in this very soft, somber voice, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Just with all this emotion in that in that question, Jesus knows what he's doing. But he's like, what a slap in the face, too. Just you're gonna betray the Son oh, of man. man yeah. with a kiss like that. I'm just like, I don't know. When I read that, it just really hit me. And I just I, I like I said, I was talking to my wife about it, and I was like, man, what a what a disrespectful thing to do. But um yeah, it's just I don't know. I think it's crazy. You know, it just goes to show that you know it's it's like that he's like, are are you are you sure? It, it was almost like a are you sure you want to do this kind of thing yeah. to Judas. It after after everything that you're you're making this choice. At at this point, it's still not um you know, you could could you argue the fact that maybe it's still not too late to repent or to, um, and, you know, we we know nowadays that it, it it's it's never too late. The only time that it is too late is when you when you finally put this tent aside and you you die from this uh, in this in these earthly bodies of ours. But um, yeah, he's basically asking Judas, "Are you so hardened at this point?" to betray me, to kiss and betray me. You know, you can see that, that sometimes when evil gets a hold of somebody that you can, you get so hardened to it that you lose almost all type of, you know, you can all type of emotion or all type of feeling, you know, like if you, Mm -hmm. if you open up that door to the, to the evil one and you're almost devoid of, uh, all that humanness. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that's a word, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it is tonight. You're right. It is. Um, so when those who were around him saw what was about to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear, which we, mm-hmm. um, it's either speculated that it was Peter. He was the most hot-headed out of all of them. So, you know, I think that we have heard it as kids. I don't know exactly where we where we come up with the idea that it was Peter. That it probably was Peter, but um, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, some that that's not what Jesus is about. Mm-hmm. He's like they. He's not. They're not there for a war. The, you know, you, you can also suggest that maybe these guys are still thinking that, okay, here's our chance. The Messiah is actually here. This is where the battle begins. Well, yeah, this is where the battle yeah. begins, but not in the way that you're thinking. And and Jesus turns it all right around because he, he and um, let me look at something. he he does he does end up healing. Yeah, verse fifty one. Jesus going, replied, "Stop! No more of this." And he touched the ear and healed him. Hang on just a second. I want to read something. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, That's what it was. So, uh, Marshall so, was John chapter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just about to read that. John F, John chapter 18, 18, 10. It, it actually, it, it does. It says that John <laughs> chapter 18, 10 says, then Simon Peter, who had, 
a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. So, um, and the servant's name was Mal- Malchus, 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 M-A-L-C-H-U-S, however you pronounce that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that when you were saying that, I was like, it's got to say it somewhere in here. And then I read down where it actually talks about it. Anyway, sorry. So I kind of stole your thunder. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. <laughs> hey, I was, I was looking it up too. <laughs> uh, oh, you know, and something, as I was looking it up, something that comes in, he touches the ear and he heals him. And then, so this, uh, commentary that I looked up here, it says, even here, Jesus was present, um, to clean up the mess his disciples left behind. He healed the damage done by Peter. Doesn't doesn't he do that all the time? So often do we mess up. And mm-hmm. so often does God use our screw-ups for his glory. Yeah. He can turn a bad situation into a good situation. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just... From from this time, his betrayal, all the way to the the world we're living in today, is he cleans up. He he's been cleaning up our messes from the beginning. I mean, absolutely. You know, when I was reading this, so I, I remember, you know, I mentioned earlier how I was talking to my wife about this. Well, it's because when I was reading through chapter uh, twenty two, um, I was reading out loud. I was reading to my wife, and she was listening to me while I was reading this because she. She came into the room while I was reading. She goes, I want to listen. And so she sat down and I just read it to her. Um, and when we got to that point where Peter cuts off uh, Malchus's ear, uh, I, I don't think she, maybe she just forgot or maybe she didn't know, but she was, I don't think she realized that Jesus actually healed his ear. Cause, cause I, I was like, I leaned up to, I was like, I'll oh, get this. And then I read it and I was like, yeah, he picks up the guy's ear and he heals him. And she's like, what? No, I didn't. <laughs> so it's just amazing that, uh, <laughs> You know, it, it's like essentially that that guy was like, could be looked at as a, an enemy, so to speak, of, of Jesus. And yet Jesus healed him. Like what a big lesson right there in that very moment that Jesus yeah. taught us. Yep. So this big crowd, Marshall, that came to seize Jesus came with all these swords and clubs and, and we- these weapons. And, you know, Jesus has been walking around. Has there been any point in time and he's going to he's going to bring this up to him has there been any point in time that he showed any inclination of violence throughout his whole ministry th- throughout his whole time here on this earth yeah. and yet they come to they come bearing weapons when they come to get him <laughs> and he says uh have, why have you uh have you come out with swords and clubs as you would against a robber Day after day, mm-hmm. I was with you in the temple. You did not lay hands on me, but this hour and and the power and authority of darkness are yours. So he reminds them, mm-hmm. it's like you guys had all these chances, and now you're going to come at me with with weapons. <laughs> you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, when I, I I felt when I, when I read that, I was like, I, you know, it's it's typical Jesus fashion. Like I don't know, he just sometimes I feel like Jesus has like this. Like this attitude of like, really, guys? Seriously? I mean, come on, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and so, we're, so we're Marshall. We're getting a little, uh, little, little long on time here, but we're gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through this real quick into the end of the end. Um, so I'm gonna paraphrase the next several verses uh, as far as like Peter denying because um, those of you listening, if you haven't read it, go and read it. But um, it, it's talked about a lot 
And so mm-hmm. uh, they, they seize Jesus, and they start taking him away. Peter is going to follow at a safe distance because he is, uh, you know, he has more of a protective, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A, you know, he's, he's the protector. He's a... Uh, Peter? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Per- Peter he's acts, got a acts like a bodyguard, spirit. so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... So he's going to follow Jesus at a distance and follow this this mob that's uh, taking Jesus to uh, before the Sanhedrin, and so as they're as they're going along, he uh, they come to a courtyard and he, they sit down together. Um, and there were several people, you know, servant girl um, says this is the man that was with him too. Peter denies it. And a little later, somebody else saw him and says, uh, you're one of them too, obviously, because they are, um, they're Galilean. So, you know, he, he does kind of stick out a little bit and, uh, he, he denies Jesus again, you know, being a disciple of Jesus. What? No, I was going to say, I, I know you want to run through this pretty quick for the sake of time, but I wanted to, um, wanted to, I just, when I was reading this, you know, in, in verse 60, you know, I kind of jumping ahead of, of Aaron a little bit there. It says, you know, Peter replied, man, I don't know That's you. And this is just one more time when, 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 when Peter is, is, is called out and he says, man, I don't know you. What are you talking about? And just as Peter was speaking, the rooster crowed. And what, this is what gets me in verse 61. It says the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And is at that moment is when Peter remembered the word of the Lord, who the word that Lord that Jesus had spoken to him, saying, "Before the rooster crows today, you will disown the three. You will disown me three times." I, I got I got to looking at that when I was reading. I was like, just that little part in sixty one where he says, "The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter." That right there, mm. that gets me. I mean, I, I I feel like you just you have to yeah. stop and just. And just and just kind of embrace that for just a moment, and just be like, just think about that. God told you that He was you were going to deny Him three times, and then in that moment, right as the rooster crows, Jesus turns, He looks at you, doesn't even say anything, just looks at you, and just imagine the amount of guilt that Peter had in that moment. He was probably like, "Oh my goodness, He was right," and it probably just all hit him, just a bunch of emotions, and he was probably like, "Wow, yeah." I mean, I wouldn't be able to look Jesus in the face after that. I'd be like what do I do? You know I mean? I don't know. I just thought that's a very kind of a key moment right there that I think is very, very special, but very uh, kind of hard. Yeah. Well, and think about it this way. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit does to us nowadays. Now that Jesus has gone to be with the Father and uh, the Holy Spirit convicts us. Every time we sin, mm-hmm. every time we falter, we get convicted. It's like Jesus looking at us in the eye and that yeah. we're, we're being convicted of our sin. And what do you, yeah. and this is, this is what, this is the, this is what sets you apart is you, you're going to falter like we said before, but it's what you do afterwards is what makes a huge difference. Are you going to, um, as we'll see later on. And I'm going to make this statement. I'm not going to go into it, but are you going to be a Judas or are you going to be a Peter? Are you going to repent or -hmm. are you going to continue in your ways, in your sinful ways? And so that's what the big difference is, is repentance, is a repentant heart. And so Peter acknowledged his sin, 
he recognized his sin and then wept bitterly and was grieved about it. And so he was, know, he was repentant. We know what you just said, Aaron, brings back to kind of going back at the beginning of the podcast when I said, when I was talking about how somebody had spoke to me and kind of called out my, you know, kind of being a fake Christian, so to speak. You know, it's like, well, that comes with sin, right? So are you, like you said, are you going to continue being a Judas and not change your ways? Or are you going to be a Peter and, and repent and ask forgiveness and change your ways and stop being fake and start being more real, more real, real? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. So the, the moral of the story, the moral of what we're trying to get at here is don't beat yourself up. You're going to fall. Yeah. You're going to trip. But keep your eyes on Jesus. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's what it is. Yeah. And now so now as we finish out 22 uh chapter 22, we're going to start getting into the stuff that I I I just really don't want to get into. It's hard to read, it's hard to watch every time it's depicted in uh in movies and um it's just it's nothing I want to to relive. You, you know, it's nothing that is nothing that you want to see your savior go through. You know, but it is it, God. It, it's in here, and we have to go through it because it's mm-hmm. important. Because it's it, it's going to outline the the evil that that Jesus had to take on, and that what He did for us, and why He did it, and um, it, it's just as important as the rest of it. So, um, verse sixty three. Now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking and ridiculing him, and treating him with contempt and beating him. They blindfolded him and asked, uh, prophesy, who is it that struck you? And they were saying many uh, other evil and slanderous things against him, blaspheming, speaking sacrilegiously and abusively about him. It's like, how does the mood, how does the mood change so quickly? You know, mm-hmm. just, it wasn't that long ago that they were welcoming welcoming him into the city. And now... They're they're beating and mocking him. Mm-hmm. You know it. Well, that's evil. That's the evilness that, that was present. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> when the day came, a uh, council of the elders of the people of Sanhedrin, they assembled both chief priests and scribes, and they led Jesus away to the council chamber, saying, "If you are Christ the Messiah, tell us." Uh, but he said to them, "If I tell you, you will not believe what I say." And if I ask a question, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. And they all said, Are you the Son of God then? He replied, It is just as you say. So he answers their question. That's all That's all he has to say. You know? Yeah. They, yeah. It doesn't matter. They're so, they're so enraged that it doesn't matter what he says. Their minds yeah. have been made up. They've been trying to do this. He's seen the... You know, he's seen them trying to figure out a way from when uh, hmm. the moment he started his ministry. Yeah, absolutely. And then they say, they ask what further uh, need of a testimony do we have? For we ourselves have heard this from our, his own mouth. And that's where, that's where this chapter ends out. Mm-hmm. But it's good yep, stuff. I don't started, know that I really have anything else. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's good stuff. It, it gets real. It gets real sad. Um, but it's a it's a good chapter. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in there, and 
Um, you know, Aaron and I would encourage you guys to go back and read it and just kind of take your time to sit in verse 22, I think, because there's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of good lessons, a lot to learn in, in chapter 22. So go and just sit in that for a little while. Take some time. Don't just blow through it. Just really take some time. You need to turn on some Christian music, listen to it, whatever gets you into reading. Um, <laughs> just sit in prayer and time and just kind of cozy up in the word there and just really pay attention to what, what uh, Jesus has to say throughout chapter 22. And, and even though it took us an hour and a half combined with the two episodes that, that it has taken us to get through chapter 22, it could have been a lot longer. There's a whole lot more to learn just out of, just like Mm -hmm. you've seen throughout this whole Luke study that every chapter that we are only scratching the surface. You know, there is so Mm -hmm. much, and that's why it's always important, Marshall, to go back that you cannot read the gospels enough. Mm-hmm. You have to constantly go back and read through the Gospels and see how Jesus lived. Yeah. You know? yep. So, all right. Well, that finishes us out in chapter 22. I was almost thinking that we might not make it, but uh, we sped it up a little bit and uh, we made it. So we're almost, we've got what, two two more chapters left in Luke? Two more, two more chapters, yep. 23 and 24. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's All right. Well, coming. shoot. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> We've been at this for a while. <laughs> for for just a minute, yeah. It's good though. That's been good. <laughs> yeah. But all right. So uh thank you to I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna go with uh Amanda Joy Powell's uh music again this week so because she oh, sent me several joy. of them so i'm gonna i'm gonna do her a little justice yeah yeah so huge thank you to her for the music and so um yep that about finishes us up guys uh thanks for listening to undaunted pursuit podcast share this episode with somebody this week and uh don't forget to send us that email uh mail at undauntedpursuit.com especially if you want to get a hold of us to send marshall that new computer that we talked about last week, because he really still does need that new computer. Nobody has uh, messaged us uh, on it yet. So yeah, mail at undauntedpursuit.com. Or if you really would rather um, go and like us on all of our social medias and you can message us there too. Covered, cover those Marshall. Yeah, guys, go, listen, go, go follow us, check us out on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the good stuff. Um, of course, you can listen to us, the podcast, on Spotify, um, Apple iTunes. Go leave us a rating, a high rating that helps us get this um, podcast moved up the list there and people to hear it. And, uh, of course, we have a YouTube channel. There's no video on there. It's all audio. So you can go follow us, click like, follow, subscribe, and check us out there. Guys, thank you so much for all your support, all your love. Thanks for listening. Share this, spread this. The goal here is to get the gospel out and to reach those who haven't heard it. So do us a favor, um, help us out, and and, and, uh, help us get there. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Adios.
perfect And yet you call my name You wait with arms wide open And I'll never be the same Lord, you hold me in your mercy And I tremble at your touch That you could even love me It all